This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Hey, everybody, it's Chris Bentleff. I'm back with Pro CFO Partners, Create the Next, and we have Hale Fardy back with us. Such a genius mind, a financial mind. Uh, when we spend time with you, Hale, it's always so insightful. Today, I want to talk about Chicagoland. You are from Chicago, that's where you. Uh, are presently operating your uh, your kingdom of awesome, and I think I've also spent a lot of time in the Midwest, and and there's kind of this interesting kind of channel from maybe Milwaukee into Chicago, and then maybe even south to to the end of of the bottom of Illinois. That uh, there's a lot of history there, there's a lot of manufacturing there, but there's a really budding tech scene that's really taken root and I think is really dynamic in Chicagoland, in Madison, Wisconsin, even moving west to Minneapolis. Talk to me a little bit about your experience in Chicago. What is interesting about Chicago? What interesting business dynamics or industries exist in Chicago from your perspective? Well, first of all, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'll try to live up to it. I am. I am from Chicago. I'm not from Chicago. I've actually chosen Chicago. You know how people fly south or decide where they want to live in the next uh, part of their career. I've chosen Chicago. And uh, many people I speak with say um, I should be on the travel tourism advisory board because I think Chicago is a perfect city. Um, I think Chicago is a cultural city, architectural city. There's a lake there. You can go up and ski. You can go out and hike. And it's a foodie city. I truly believe it's a complete city. Uh, The reason I chose it, though, is the people. Hmm. And uh, having had a career, uh, it is a business hub. Um, There's a great hub. There's built in Chicago. I mean, Groupon started here. Um, Many, many technology companies are now starting in Chicago. We have one of the best incubators in the country called 1871 here. There's a fantastic manufacturing incubator called M-Hub. There's another one, fantastic medical incubator called Matter. Um, So just a great city overall. And the people make all the difference. What do you think it is about um, business leaders? When we think about Chicagoland, um, and I agree with you, it's such a great city, such a rich city. And uh, some of what I love is it it has history. So it has personality and it has, uh, it's learned from so much, you know, and it's been such an important city in the Midwest of, of America. How has that shaped, um, as you talk about the people that you really love, what are some of the unique attributes of business leaders there? You'd mentioned some of these really great uh, outlets that are happening. What do you see consistently? What's a through point that you see consistently around business leadership there? I, I think you you speak to it in the history. I mean, you turn around the corner and you have the merchandise mart, which has its own zip code at a time and was truly the merchandise hub of the United States. And you go back to what I mentioned about the incubator 1871, the Great Fire uh, of Chicago, where the city was rebuilt as a modern city and the expo was here. So you can see why I'm on the tourism board. I really love the city. Um, what makes a difference is the people and what's different here for me and why I chose it. It is good business. People are good people. You can still make a deal on a handshake. 
many of the CFOs who've been with companies have been with companies for 25 years. They started with the company. You have multi-generational family businesses here that have passed from for 100 years, 75 years. They're, when you go to the About Us page on their uh, website, you'll see that it's their great-grandfather who started the business. Uh, there's such great pride in the work they do. There's incredible loyalty. We've, we have a food produce business who's a client of ours whose father immigrated from Greece and started with a back of a van. And he is one of the biggest distributors of, of uh, fresh produce in the city. Um, does that answer your question? It does. It also brings to mind for me, do you find that that ever gets in the way? So when I've got a rich history or I've got an older company or it's a family business, especially a lot of emotions get involved. A lot of tradition gets involved. And in my experience, sometimes those companies um, can be stuck in a place that worked for them once and unsure of how to emerge into the, you know, modern era that is their customers are asking of them and their, you know, the systems and processes around them are asking of them. But for whatever reason, it might be harder for them to move on. Do you see that? Do you agree with that? Is that absolutely? Absolutely. Chris, 25 years ago, when you would come to the Midwest, uh, Chicago land or the Midwest anywhere, you would visibly see the difference. It was like walking into another time. Hmm. So the fashion was behind. Automobiles were behind. Technology was behind. Everything was behind. Uh, the internet and globalization has changed that. Now, I just came back from California. Now, when you come back here, the young people look the same. And businesses are the same. Third generation businesses are members of Vistage or YPO, or they have access to the internet. It really isn't another time and place. I believe the character of the people have remained the same. Mm. And it's a time, it's a, it's almost when I say a hang shit, just good people where maybe in other parts of the country you're chasing the buck mm. or you have another agenda. And here you have the luxury to be able to remember what's important. I'm going to say it that way. Um, what does get into in the way is that loyalty. So let's say you are a CFO or controller has grown with you for 25 years. They only know you. And they can research so much. When we were thinking of, you know, where we want to start pro-CFO partners and we chose, we're all over the country. But one of the reasons that it made sense here and uh, the idea was born here is that how can we respect that loyalty respect that legacy of institutionalized information that they have, and yet be able to support their long-term mission and long-term growth by bringing in best practices from everywhere else. So the way it holds them back is it becomes myopic. I only know this plus the information I can get versus I have worked across 18 industries. I have worked across all the stages of companies. You're at this stage, at this time and place, let us do these three things to exponentially um, move you to where you want to go. It's such a great point because I think it's true of any of us in business. We get familiar with something and we, we can adopt a mindset that, well, this is working for now. And um, it can limit us not just from, well, it could be working better, but from preparation for it could be working better in the future if you had some of these other things sorted out. And you can be stuck in a, it's working for now, which becomes past tense, I think, you know, quite quickly. How do you, um, 
I don't know, is there a tension that exists or how do you sort of reconcile that with young tech companies, fresh startups, high energy, eager, ready to go, not limited by anything, by tradition or anything, and maybe um, maybe unsure of some of the things that they need to be thinking about as they are you know, on the launch pad ready to fly, but they haven't considered some aspects. What do you, how do you see the, the two of those things kind of juxtaposing together? Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com That's a really good question as we're talking about old, old um, established companies versus uh, young ones. Well, it becomes about the pool of the CFOs who are here. Mm. And uh, when you're looking at young people living, leaving the state, uh, and after 10, 15 years, many people are moving out, there isn't the talent pool that you would have access to elsewhere here as well uh, for a part-time CFO or a modern CFO or portfolio CFO. So if there's talent here, people who are now transitioning out of those 25-year jobs, or they're looking for full-time work because they're not ready to be a portfolio CFO. And, and a lot of these startup companies will go to those incubators I mentioned and get advisors, but the advisor doesn't think like we're your CFO, they're advising you. And, and a true portfolio or part-time CFO, the way they work is they're your CFO. They're just there on a part-time basis, but they think like your CFO. We imprint on a company and we act and take the company through all stages of their growth with them. Um, and so for the startup companies, what happens is when we start working with them, we actually have to make an investment in them as well to help them raise the funds that they need to raise. I'm currently working with a company where they have a pitch deck that's not compelling at all. When you speak to him, he's compel he's compelling, he's passionate, but not only is it not reflected in the deck, it's not reflected in the financial model. Why would you even invest in this? Because they've asked um, another CFO or financial advisors to give them a financial model. That's not compelling. It's not interesting. And it certainly wouldn't give a return to the investors. So we can help them in that aspect because we've seen it. We've seen so many across so much time that we can say, okay, your current audience in this particular VC or in this particular PE is interested in this. Let us work with you there. And then we go to our pool of almost 30 CFOs and we say, you know, John or Jeff, would you, would you work with this client because they, they need you versus if they go to the incubator, they're only speaking to that CFO's experience. Now, this is interesting, Holly, because you're talking to me about pitch decks and value proposition. And uh, I might be sitting here thinking, hold on, I thought, I just kind of needed your help around tax time. I thought I thought you really just needed to help me sort of have my ducks in a row when it came to dollars and cents. What you're saying, and we've talked about this so much, but it's so important, is your CFO has to have a strategic grounding 
and uh, ability to be an asset from a guidance perspective on that strategy for you to get the most out of that relationship. And I think that might be a completely new uh, way of thinking for some out there. So talk me through that. You, when you talk about imprinting, what do you mean? When, when you talk about sort of embedding and how you are my CFO, but you're a part-time CFO, how can that be? Aren't you distracted with other things? Help me understand what, what it is you do for us. So it's the biggest hurdle that we have, actually, is to actually explain to people or educate the market on what a CFO does. Um, in our in our approach, uh, there is, of course, profit improvement, there's cash management, and there's reporting. People think that's what a CFO does. And that is not what we do. And we actually had a conversation, you and I, about the modern CFO, changing it from the uh, guardian to the catalyst. And what that means is we support the whole business as um, to grow. Uh, reporting is historic. So when we're talking about the pitch deck, we really partner and imprint. We are truly the execution arm of the visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they say, again, I'll go back to this. It's so interesting because the conversation I'm having, it's quantum AI that fills the void in uh, diagnostics, medical diagnostics. Mm. So I've had four hours of meetings with him. I still don't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> Look, I really don't. So now I'm pouring, when I say imprint, I'm pouring through pages and pages of documents and research and where AI is and where quantum is. That's imprinting. So I don't need to really understand how they do it. I need to understand what problem they're solving in the market. And what solution he's offering. When I understand that and imprint that, that's how I can support him to achieve his goals long term. Mm-hmm. That's where I can say, okay, the current resources you have will get you here. And that's when we look at, do we need external funding? Do we need to build a team? What is your revenue model? Who are you speaking with? What are your ultimate goals? How do you execute on that? What's your strategic map? Then we'll get into what we call measurable targets. I want to make $100 million, $50 million, $20 million. But people reach out to us a lot because I want to hit $50 million. Mm. You know, can you build a model for me? And I'm like, what am I building? And that's the difference. When we say we imprint, we really try to, we don't try to, we, as much as we can get in the head of the uh, startup or the visionary even if it's a mature company, what, what, what do you want to do in 10 years, five years? So uh, let's bring that back to Chicago, because I think, I think that's interesting when you say we try to really get in the heads. What, uh, what do you find that's unique about some of the clients that you work with out there? You've got a network of CFOs that are also out there working with clients. Uh, what are some consistent challenges that, uh, not industry-wise, have, have we've covered that, but I wish I wish companies in Chicago knew asked their CFO to do more of this. I wish CFOs in Chicago were doing more of that. Do you see something consistent that is almost plaguing companies to inspire them and encourage them to think differently? Yes, I wish the CFOs would break out of the role of thinking they're a financial reporting CFO. It's very interesting to me that I believe that the CFOs in this market have not are not the modern CFO. Mm. They don't think that way. Um, just this morning, I had a meeting and I said, CFOs in Chicagoland speak in variance analysis. And I was joking and I said, it's like, 
if you ask them any question, it's as if they're answering, why is the phone bill higher? Well, we added a new line. Hmm. So even when you're speaking to them strategically, you get an answer like, <laughs> like that from them. It's a variance analysis answer. Well, that's content. That's when we talk about context versus content. Uh, content. I want to know when we're doing variance analysis, I want to ask, why are we asking about the phone bill? That's the question. The question isn't, why is the phone bill bigger? The question is, why are we focusing on the phone bill? And that's what becomes myopic. Not only do they see their role as a um, limited role, but that they can't support sometimes second, third generation, sometimes startup people and asking the questions they don't know. Startup people don't have the experience and family businesses have experience they have to break through. So same problem, just different sides of it. Interesting, really interesting. Holly Fardy talking to us about Chicago, the the windy city, which is not because it's windy. It was because of uh, green chives, wasn't that it? And then uh, the chives made the scent. Talk me through that. What's the windy city about? There's there's many stories about it, but one of them is about the newspaper people and all the wind that they. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll go with that one. I like yeah, that. That, that, that. That's that's the one that I know of. It was because of the the newspaper people and um, the journalists and uh, the readers didn't like what the journalists were saying. I like it. We're going to go with that one. Yes. This has been a really insightful conversation, Holly. Thank you so Thank much you. for spending some time with us. I appreciate your insights as always. Thank you very much. I hope it's useful as well. That's why we're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.